So Hi, I'll start everyone. Now. Hi everyone. Uh, thank you again for the second uh, follow-up episode of uh, entrepreneurship with uh, Tailing. Thank you so much. Uh, your first episode is so wonderful and riveting for me because you are a real entrepreneur and walk to the ground. And being streetwise is different from being bookwise. And a lot of us uh, study entrepreneurship, we teach entrepreneurship uh, on the textbook. Uh, it is very important for us to know that people have actually built a business and for yourself to have built three businesses, two have failed. But I don't say they have failed, but rather they are your learning points to poise yourself for the third business which actually uh, grew for 14 years. And it's not easy to, to grow for 14 years. Um, in a very competitive uh, Me Too company, uh, you know, Me Too marketplace, like if you open a bubble tea today, right you hear the business concept open a bubble tea shop the next day you have like tens and thousands of bubble tea shop all around your place where in this era whereby anybody can be a competitor it's different from like uh the grandfather's time like that the grandfather was the only provider um in that marketplace when there was none you know it was easy for them at that time and that is how huge companies like Siemens grew. You know, Siemens grew during the Second World War, whereby they provided so much military support to the German uh, government, and then railways, trains, uh, ammunition. So they grew during that time. So it, it, in a marketplace whereby it is like the bubble tea, I could call it the bubble tea marketplace now. Anybody could start a business. Today you start a new idea. Nobody can actually uh, you know, uh, put put a registration, uh, intellectual property on business models, right? Um, yeah, you can register your brand, like Starbucks, you can't copy the brand, but nobody uh, can say that you can't copy a business model. And that's where the competition sets in. We are, in. we are in this era whereby we are actually, all of us going through the fire, not only are we competing in terms of getting a job, whereby one job it opens up to the world, uh, probably a few hundred thousand of people apply for your one job which is being advertised in this country, the rest of the world will, will queue up for the job. By talking about a marketplace whereby it's a, a bubble tea business, you open one shop, tomorrow you'll see 10 shops along the street and then the next month you'll see hundreds of thousands in the marketplace. So um, with that, as a small company telling, uh, how does a small company in your view muscle in into a very crowded marketplace and also how does a small company muscle in whereby there are already established brands there um, with more financial muscles with better brand recognition and brand uh, recording how do you do that um okay before i start um so i'm just going to go a little bit more casual have you watched the korean drama if you want cast no <laughs> So I would, I, would highly recommend, I would highly recommend that anyone, even our listeners here, right? Uh, if, if you have not seen it, to go and watch the show, T1 mm. class, right? Um, so in the drama, there were a lot of things that actually shared. So a, a quick synopsis of the drama. It's about a student that actually got, he was standing up to a bully. Because of that, he got into jail. And while he was in jail, uh, his father got killed. Right, uh, by the same bully, right? And then when he came out, he had only one thing in his mind, which is I want revenge. And how he wants revenge is he wants to create a business to rivals the bully's business. So the whole entire story is about how he built his entire business. Wow. And I think 
lessons there that you can learn. Um, so back to your question, I think the key thing that I want to highlight is that I'm a person who strongly believes in growing the industry and not growing the business. Mm. A lot of entrepreneurs actually look at, oh, I want to grow my business, right? Mm. So if I want to grow my business and my business is, for example, bubble tea, mm. right? Um, then I will start looking at my bubble tea, what's the unique flavors that I can sell? What's the different kind of price point? Your typical marketing sort analysis, right? Yeah. Right. So looking at all your four P's and such. Yeah. But when I look at it, I want to open a bubble tea shop. I want to be able to drive everyone's desire to actually want to drink more bubble tea. Because when that happens, even though if my pie shrinks, yeah. that pie, that overall pie is going to get bigger and bigger. So when the overall pie is bigger and bigger, I'm, I'm sorry, my, my business is going to grow. As a result of that, I'm going to grow. So a very exa- good example is it came on class, right? Um, in the drama, the person actually had um, to shift his, his bar's uh, location. So it shifted into an alley that was actually, there was very little customers that's there. So for F&B business, right? Uh, if there's very little customers, then naturally, no matter what kind of promotion that you do, and no matter what kind of social media engagement that you create, or what kind of KOLs that you actually reach out to, it becomes difficult because location is actually everything. Location is actually important. And he understood that very well. So what he did then was that he started to help all the restaurants in that street. Wow. He create better business for them. So that everyone wants to go to that street. Because when everyone wants to go to that street, naturally they'll stop at his bar and naturally you'll get a drink. So that to me is, is a very good example of when you are talking about business, when, there's, when the competition is so strong, how do you actually gain more market share? Your thinking can be a bit different. But you can just go along, I have a unique selling product. But come on, right now, how many of us actually really have a unique selling product? Hardly, right? Because everybody copies. I mean, you, you look at the current situation. There's an Amazon, right? That's there. And then from Amazon, there's going to be an Alibaba. And Alibaba is now counted to be the next Amazon. Yeah. Is, is it a unique selling offering? I don't really think so. Right? Do they have different price points? Yeah, a bit. Both of them are also equally listed and such. So the key really is that, yes, branding is important. Um, I think also the unique selling proposition if you have, fantastic. If you don't, you have to be careful. Then how do you actually navigate? So that I think is the first, first thing that you can talk about. Um, what I realized also, as a small company, when I was trying to fight against the bigger companies, you need to first be able to recognize um, what's your strength and what's your weakness. Mm. A big company, what they have is structure and they have financial muscles. Mm, true. Right? And as a small company, you don't have the financial muscles, but what can you do to be able to have and rival the financial muscles? Is it a case where because I've always been very good paymasters to my vendors, therefore right now if I need additional longer credit terms, I can actually talk to my vendors about it. Right? Uh, things like that, where you can actually gain additional financial muscles. Other things in terms of structure and such, um, are there in terms of working alone on a particular pitch or working alone on a particular business, can you form a consortium where a, a three to four businesses comes together and try to go after the same business? Again, yeah, it goes back to what I'm talking about where having a piece of the pie is better than having no pie. Right? If you can grow that pie, everybody gets a cut of it. It creates a winning situation, you gain good partners, right? That itself is how you can actually start uh, winning other agencies. 
at my point when I was in 2008 and 2009, yeah. that was actually what I did. Uh, when the financial crisis hit, a lot of big MNCs were actually in trouble. Uh, I partnered with about three to four different companies. I chased after those big contracts. Because as one company, you have that limited ability. But if you have four to five companies, I mean, then essentially, you're talking about if one company is 20 people, four companies is 100 packs. You could be even bigger than some of the MNCs in Singapore as well. Right. So when you do that, then all of a sudden you start introducing structure, but you need to be able to want to have a win-win situation. Mm. A lot of people in that situation will have the tendency of greed, right? Seven, the seven sins of human, right? And you start looking at it and say, okay, I want the biggest pie. And the moment you want that, then it's going to be a one-off, right? It's very difficult to replicate, right? Because nobody is going to trust you. That's that's a very important thing in business. So if you talk about trust, I think trust then is not just in terms of trust with your employees, uh, employers, uh, no employees. It's not trust with your employees. It's trust with your vendors, trust with your clients. It's trust with everyone, even your landlord. Right? Pay on time. There are, there are different schools of thought. Some people believe that I always should pay myself first, and I'll pay other people last. I come from the other school of thought where I should pay everyone first and I'm always paid last. So each of these has their own pros and cons, but each of these also generate trust in a different manner. So when that happens, then the relationship management across all the different parties become very critical because you now are able to, if I'm able to grow my team together and the team trusts you and you trust the team, naturally that trust will automatically be converted to your vendors, will automatically be converted to your clients because they only speak good things. And when you start speaking the good things, then that's how you start growing the business, right? And you start growing the account. Uh, the account, I mean, one of the things that I can share. Um, in 2015, uh, that was when Skills Future Credit was first launched. Right? I won a pitch. The pitch was worth Singapore dollars 30,000. Right? Um, in six months time, that 30,000 grew to about half a million uh, worth of money. And all what the client shared with me then, her feedback after we finished the campaign, what she shared with me is that she was actually very happy working with me because throughout all of this, she constantly comes back. Every time she has a meeting with her internal stakeholders, she'll come back and she'll talk to the agency and say, you know, uh, stakeholder one says A, stakeholder two says B, stakeholder C says C. What do you think? A typical agency would then say, oh, A, I think this is no good, B, I think this is no good, C, I think it's no good, and they'll choose the one that they think they can manage best, which could be option D, right? What I actually did then was, I actually went through and sat down with her. Option A, how does it work for you? Why does it work for you and why does it not work for you? I took myself actually out of the whole entire agency, right? Because everything is about her work and her, her campaign, and I believe that good work will get you back more jobs, in a sense. So with all of that, actually the client subsequently after the campaign was over told me that she spoke to me more often than she spoke to her husband and she said that she enjoys talking to me so much because she, she feels that there's very little people that's actually invested in their side of the business, in the client's business and everyone is actually very selfish right? and I think this is part of relationship management you want to grow, again I go back you grow the business, like grow the industry when you grow the industry, your business will naturally grow because you're just you're part of the industry yeah, that makes sense.
that is、uh, one of your strategies for the CRM. I think that trust is is a、uh, is number one also in in all kinds of businesses, and I particularly important for small companies、um, that you know they really really trust you rather than just a brand name that they know the brand but they do not know who is the one working for them. So with that, I want to thank you so much, Taylor. Um, I hope that you come back again to share your、uh, case studies.、Uh, we can zoom into certain cases whereby certain things we can excavate and learn from from your experience. Thank you so much, Taylor. Thank you.